Welcome to The Application, the go-to, how-to podcast for higher education marketers. I'm your host, Allison Tercio, Assistant Vice President of Enrollment and Marketing at Siena College. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is packed with practical tips and actionable advice to help you elevate your marketing game. In each snackable episode, we bring in experts to share their insights and experience on the topics that matter most to you. Got a question or idea you'd like us to cover? Email team at enrollify.org or reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn. The application is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. And if you like this show, you'll definitely want to check out our other higher ed focused podcasts on admissions, tech, marketing, and more. They're packed with stories, ideas, and tools to help you be the best in your field. All right, it's time for the show. Today's episode is all about how higher ed marketers can leverage chat GPT. And my guest is Rafi Dursimonian. Rafi is principal of Dursimonian and vice president and chief strategy officer for ERI, a marketing strategy firm that specializes in digital design and development. Welcome, Rafi. Thank you, Allison. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm so happy to be here and to be talking about this topic. It seems like everyone is talking about ChatGPT right now. Absolutely. I think anyone in our field, uh, if you're not aware of it and uh, you know, interacting with on some level, it's a huge mistake. So this is going to be a great topic to dive into today. Well, let's start with the basics. What is ChatGPT and what does it mean for the future of marketing and content development? Sure. So for anyone who is not aware, ChatGPT is some new revolutionary technology. It's basically a language model trained by this new software called OpenAI to generate text in a surprisingly human-like conversational style. It's basically a state-of-the-art language processing system that has been trained on a massive amount of text uh, from the internet. So it's basically like a glorified Google or a calculator, if you may, for language development. Um, and for those of you who have had a chance to experiment with it, uh, there's good reason to kind of be a little alarmed. It's uh, surprising to see technology accessible that is so powerful. And uh, I got goosebumps the first time I tried it, and I I know a lot of my friends and colleagues have experienced um, something similar. Um, GPT itself stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which sounds like technical jargon, um, but it's basically, um, it's a game changer for anyone in the field of content development, academia, um, and basically, I think, any sector, really. But I know the focus of our conversation today is around how it's impacting uh, higher education. Um, In terms of what it means for the future of marketing content development, the truth is, is that I think it remains to be seen, Allison. Um, We're looking at the tip of an iceberg, and I don't think anyone fully comprehends um, what lurks beneath in terms of what this means for industry and uh, content generation as we know it. 
Yeah, I mean, you'd mentioned that you've experimented and some of your friends and colleagues have. And so really, we're just scraping the surface of the things it can do. Have you discovered anything, any ways that ChatGPT can benefit higher ed marketers? Absolutely. Um, you know, first and foremost, while uh, I think a very common knee-jerk reaction to being introduced to ChatGPT is to feel a little concerned. Um, I know when I was first introduced to it, I felt a little defensive almost as someone who's built a career around being able to synthesize information and uh, you know generate a, a cogent response. Um, you know, basically, uh, writing has been a strength of mine ever since I was I was young. But I think uh, the correct posture and the one that I want to recommend um, your audience to take is that it can be a very powerful tool that can be harnessed for the betterment of an institution you serve or um, any sort of initiative that you might be working on. To be a little bit more specific, um, ChatGPT can help out with content creation. So like so many of us, um, who work uh, in content generation for a living, it takes a lot of intellectual energy to develop thoughtful content. And what ChatGPT does is pulls from this huge database of content and generates human-like responses. So uh, a few specifics, um, I think, for higher ed marketers. One is uh, personalized communication. It can help generate personalized responses based on student interests and questions. So this obviously can result in more engagement and uh, hopefully perhaps um, increased inquiries and applications. One application that I find particularly interesting is chatbots. Uh, you know, chatbot technology has evolved a lot uh, over the last several years. And now it's almost human-like and surprising in terms of the nuance and sophistication that some of the um, responses are generating. So this obviously the benefit to an institution or uh, a marketer is that it can improve efficiency and productivity. It uh, can free up bandwidth for any um, admissions team that might not have that full-time person to be there fielding inquiries. Um, you know, I think uh, also looking at uh, marketing copy, uh, generating uh, content for a website or an email campaign. And I haven't experimented with it in this way, but I understand that it can also be a very powerful synthesis tool um, for lead scoring to identify uh, potentially interested applicants um, that might be more interested than others. So that's really, again, just scratching the surface, but I think it remains to be seen. Bottom line is that I think it can be hugely beneficial for marketers if applied um, in the right way. I haven't met a marketing team yet that feels like they're fully staffed. So yeah. chat, GPT, and all these things that you're talking about that might be able to create efficiencies, maybe not replace people because there still needs to be that human interaction, but create efficiency for those of us with lots on our plates. That feels like where chat GPT could really help right now in this moment. What do you think? I think you're spot on with that, Allison. You know, I think about uh, the communications flow for any marketing communications advancement um, admissions team. And 
so much of it is predicated on this notion of personalization. And one thing we know for sure is that the more personalized the message is, the more likely it is to resonate with different core audiences. So I think this could be one area where ChatGPT shines. And, uh, you know, while I think it's safe to say that faculty are probably looking at this with a much different lens and it presents a whole different can of worms that we're not going to get into today, I think from a, a marketing communications advancement admission standpoint, there's a lot of benefit to it. Um, just creating a more conversational tone, creating more fluidity um, in the response. So the person on the other end, it's not, you know, extremely evident that you're talking to an underwhelming robot. <laughs> so if I'm someone who's just learning about ChatGPT, and I work on one of these teams, I'm a marketing manager or an admissions counselor or an advancement officer, what should I go do right now? I should sign on to ChatGPT and what should I try out? The first thing I would do is just experiment with it a little bit and get to know it, how it works, how it operates. Um, one of the things that I've been blown away by uh, with it is the fact that you can, um, for example, drop some pre-existing copy that you've generated, let's say for a campaign or an e-newsletter and say, um, warm up the tone of this copy. And it can do that. You can say, add humor to this copy and it can do that. You know, once you have a chance to get a sense of its capabilities, um, I would encourage marketers to uh, think about ways that ChatGPT can help develop more nuanced, personalized content. Again, thinking about that communications flow um, and the, uh, you know, from the point of inquiry all the way to um, an accepted student. I would say that another thing that folks can do to use ChatGPT is um, develop responses to leads based on student interests and questions. So obviously this can help with things like engagement and overall interest. I haven't had a chance to fully leverage this in, in practice yet, but I understand that it has really powerful analytical tools to, let's say, put in survey responses and to have some insights and th synthesis uh, developed from that. So as, as you know, it takes a tremendous amount of intellectual energy to go through uh, you know, thousands of or hundreds of survey responses and generate a cogent uh, a few key takeaways. So I think these are just a few of the ways that um, folks can get started right away. Time for a pop quiz. What keywords does your website rank for? What doesn't it rank for that you think it should? What are a few opportunities you could be winning on if you just tweet some website copy on your .edu? Okay, how'd you do? Not great, that's okay, because our friends at DD Agency want to answer all of those questions for you, and then some. DD Agency is a higher ed-specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copies should be tweaked on web pages, and much more. If this sounds like something you could benefit from, give those folks a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. Head on over to enrollify.org slash 
D-D-A-S-E-O, or simply follow the link in the show notes below that will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. Head on over to enrollify.org slash D-D-A-S-E-O to learn more. Wow, I hadn't even thought about the data analysis aspect of it. That's that's a really huge opportunity too. Um, we were just talking in with my team earlier today, and we were actually talking about, well, one thing that takes us a lot of time that this might be able to help us with is proofreading. Mm. You could have it proof every article in your alumni magazine and, and in a for AP style. You can say, can you please um, proofread this for AP style? And that would save a lot of time right there. So, um, but, but also it's still orig- your original content, but it's still just helping make it better output in the end because you're you're finding all of those errors. You know, one thing I'm worried about with ChatGPT is I think we know that consumers today, and especially if we're talking about high school students and traditionally aged college students, they're looking for authenticity. Mm. You know, they're yep. not looking for generic. So how can ChatGPT help us create personalized and engaging content for prospective students? without it coming across generic? How can a machine do that? That's the million dollar question. And I think that's where some of the ethical concerns about the implications of chat GPT comes into play. You know, when I think critically about some of the negative implications of chat GPT, it occurs to me that there will never be a substitute for soul. And I equate soul with authenticity. And to that end, you know, like I mentioned, ChatGPT is drawing from this vast database of existing content, but none of it is original. So I think, in my humble opinion, the best ideas and the best content has a tone of originality. So I think similar to how a mathematician would rely on a calculator for complex equations, I think ChatGPT should be looked at more as a tool and not the tool. Because if marketers and institutions are relying on a, um, you know, wholeheartedly as the single origin for content generation, I think we run the risk um, to compromise that authenticity and soul, which, as we know, is so important with connecting with prospective students and their families. Yeah, and the last thing any of us want to do is just sound like every other college. I mean, that's really our biggest challenge as hired marketers is differentiation. So the last thing we want to do is fall into this trap of some kind of output about a college that sounds just like everybody else. So maybe it gives us a starting place, but we still need to have that human touch on it to really make it shine on behalf of our institutions. Absolutely. I think you bring up a great point. You know, I think that where it excels is that really quick generation of content. But again, I think it's so important to take the results and to shape it and to add personality and voice and institutional tone. You know, I, I think that one of the surprising things about this is that you can, you know, feed it a data set that could be your institutional keywords, your mission, vision, core values, and, the idea is that it's supposed to use those as signposts to generate copy. Um, but with that said, I firmly believe that there will never be a substitute for human brain power. Um, so I think that's so important to underscore. As, excited, as exciting as the technology is and as important as it is for us to embrace it as a culture, um, 
I think we need to keep in mind that there will never be a substitute for original content generation. Yeah, and maybe what it's going to become is that the best marketers know how to leverage this in an ethical and advantageous way. It still requires someone to ask it the right questions and to help it refine what it outputs. So maybe that's going to be sort of a developed skill that we all need to embrace as marketers. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where the discovery still remains. It's still so new where I think, um, you know, many of us, I know even colleagues in my field would rather pretend it's not there. And I think if there was one message that I would encourage your listenership to walk away from today's episode with is that it's so important to understand it. And I think understanding it is the first step, um, whether or not you have grave ethical concerns about it, not at least experimenting with it and understanding its capacity is a, a huge mistake. There's the ethical side of it that you want to absolutely intend to, and you want to manage that risk, but there's also opportunity to create social change using chat GPT. So for instance, is there any way that higher ed marketers can use it to make what we put out, our marketing efforts more accessible and inclusive? Mm, I love that question, Allison. And that's a part of what I find really exciting about this is that I think it does open some avenues for accessibility and inclusivity. And a few examples that come to mind immediately, first and foremost, language translation, which ultimately is going to allow institutions to reach wider audiences and increase accessibility for non-English speakers. So that that's a great example. Um, obviously, you know, the personalization aspect, I think, um, also is uh, it creates a little bit more nuance in the ability to reach more audiences in a more profound way. Um, you know, I think also looking at ChatGPT's insight generation capabilities is another way that we can um, listen and use it as a listening tool that we can then uh, embed in our marketing communications practices. So I think th those are a few examples that come to mind immediately. But ultimately, I think it does have the ability to make marketing more accessible and inclusive to thus attract and retain a more diverse student body and provide a better educational experience for students. Tell me more about those insights, because that's a way to help build inclusivity and access to education, too, by understanding our audience better. What are the ways ChatGPT can help us as higher ed marketers gather important data and insights on prospective students' needs and their interests? Sure. You know, uh, one of them is looking at frequently asked questions. What are the most common inquiries that an admissions team is receiving? Um, what are some of the most common bits of feedback or pain points that are being communicated by an institutional community? Um, I think uh, ChatGPT provides a way to synthesize and collate some of this information in a way that might be easier for us as higher ed administrators to see the forest through the trees. So that's that's one area of practicality that comes to mind. I love that one, though, because when I think about the barriers, it could break down because what if someone has a question and it just never gets to the point of they're willing to ask an admissions counselor or an academic advisor or something? but AI can help us address the things that maybe they're a little bit nervous to ask because they, 
They feel like they're the only one with that question, which we know isn't true, but it's intimidating sometimes to go to someone else and be vulnerable in that way and ask, but this could help break down that barrier. I think that's a great point, Alison. I could not agree more with that. And again, I know that we are you know, intentionally looking at the positive things about it, but I think it's important to not dismiss some of the ways that this can help us evolve our yeah. operation and the way that we um, look at communications in a traditional sense. Well, let's give everyone a little taste of what we do need to think about on the other side of it. You know, we're, we are being very positive. We've both tried it out. We've, we can see some of the opportunity there. What are some of the ethical concerns or challenges that we need to pay attention to? We need to have some responsibility in that. First and foremost, I'll go back to my you know soul as authenticity. I think that there's something to me that feels very wrong about institutions just rolling with ChatGPT as a content strategy. And I have a hard time thinking anyone would push back on that. You know, also because of the fact that ChatGPT is pulling from all this bank of existing data, we run the risk for bias. And I think that's um, one of the the main concerns that this model could, in fact, however unintentional, but perpetuate or introduce bias into generated text. Um, So another concern is privacy. There are scenarios where this content, there may be some sensitivity around um, privacy implications, um, such as personal data or um, you know security measures. Transparency is another one that comes to mind. You know, I think that we need to. This is part of the exploration, and I think part of the evolution that we're going to have with it. But I think it's important that it's not something that's done behind um, a cloak and veil and that it's uh, and eventually I think as people become more familiar with it, that will happen. I think back to, especially when uh, the pandemic set in and there was a lot of concern that the, uh, you know, the higher education model as we know it was going to be compromised by online learning. And I don't know about you, Allison, but one thing that I came to realize and appreciate through that process is that there will never be a substitute for the chemistry, the nuance, the energy that is in a room of a classroom, um, similar to you know a meeting on Zoom versus colleagues around the table. There's so many um, micro nuances that exist there. And I see that as being, I'm going to camp that in the uh, ethical concerns because that's worrisome in some ways. Yeah, definitely. And and one of my worries is that yeah. emotional connection. I think especially after the pandemic, consumers and our prospective students, they're desiring a more emotional connection with brands and their potential college. And I'm not seeing that AI can bridge that gap. Yeah. It might help us to and how we bridge that gap, but it can't do it alone. So definitely um, putting something in and copying and pasting the output of an of an email that it wrote or a text message that it wrote for you, I don't think that that's the right thing to do. And it's not the right thing to do for our audience. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's more of a building block and it's a tool in the arsenal of tools and you know, similar to how a liberal arts education is designed to uh, teach us how to think and you know, different ways of engaging with content, asking questions. Um, I think if 
we rely on it solely, so much of that foundational process of what makes us human will also be compromised. And that's a scary thought in itself. Oh, definitely. We don't want Terminator happening. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, because that's really, this is the type of thing. I mean, it's funny that that many years ago, they were thinking about how a machine, because this is something that's teaching yeah. itself now too. Every time it outputs something, it, it's redeveloping itself, which is a really interesting concept. And who knows where it will go. I think our point here is to find the ways that it can help you do your job, not replace what you do, but just enhance what you're doing, find Absolutely. efficiencies. Yeah, and I think there's so much potential um, for that to happen. And it needs to happen in an ethical and a responsible way. But um, quickly, I'll just share this anecdote. I just uh, had a tour of Maine Law's new building. I live in downtown Portland, Maine. And uh, the president shared with me that ChatGPT just passed the bar exam. Um, somebody uploaded the data set of the questions. It is. And Amazing. I think what that tells me is that we cannot underestimate the vast intelligence that this tool presents. Um, but I think as humans, and going back to your comment about emotional connection, knowing the importance of that in our field, um, I think there's... Uh, a lot of opportunity for us to work with it and not the opposite. Yeah. Well, it's not going to go away. It's only going to grow. So it's good to get in now and start discovering the ways that you can let it help you in, in your marketing efforts. So as we're wrapping up, what's the first step our listeners should take to leverage chat GPT as soon as they're done listening to this episode? <laughs> That's a great question. Step one, Log on to openai.com forward slash ChatGPT and play with it. See what it's all about. Um, see what it can do. Uh, my team has been talking about this for, uh, you know, since it came out. And finally, my partner said, stop what you're doing and, and go experiment with it. And I'm so glad that he pushed me to do it. That's step one. Step two is... Think about ways that it could benefit you and your practice. You know, we talked about a few applications today, uploading a data set, uploading, let's say, um, some recent survey results or, um, you know, the most the last year of social media comments and see what types of synthesis it provides and see if that yields anything meaningful for you and your team and the institution that you serve in your professional practice. I think those are two good starting points. And we'd love to hear what you find. So loop Rafi <laughs> and I back at Rafi, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you, with you so they can share their experiments and their results with it? Yeah, I, I would love to hear from you at Rafi at eridesign.com. That's R-A-F-F-I at eridesign.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, there's a lot of exploring to be done. As, as scary as it is, I think, like we said, uh, the most important thing is that we don't dismiss it and that we investigate. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. I can't imagine this will be the last time I'll be talking about ChatGPT on this podcast. <laughs> this is only the beginning. Rafi, thank you so much for your insights and thank you for the listeners for tuning in. If you found the information valuable, please subscribe to the podcast 
and share this episode with a friend or colleague who might also find it useful. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.